Good morning, church. It is so great to be here with you this morning and so great to see you. This has been a roller coaster week. Amen. Amen. For sure. If this is your first time visiting with us, we'd love to get to know you. And there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go out to the welcome desk. There'll be someone there to help you fill out a connect card or to answer any questions that you might have. Also, we have a digital way that you can connect with us, too, by putting that word in and putting the phone number in, 904-441-6900. And what that will do is you can fill out that same Connect card and someone will get back to you that way as well. Also, you can put in for prayer. You can put that same Connect, the same phone number, and if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray with you. Um, even during the week, if something comes up and you need prayer, just put it there. We'll pray alongside with you for sure. Also, news, and another word that you can put in, on the, and that's the same phone number, and what that is is a digital bulletin, same paper bulletin that you have if you're here. If you're online, you can look that up digitally as well and get all the news and some of the things I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. And one of the things I want to share with you is about our youth. Our youth will be doing a stable fest, and you go, and the heck is that? It's going to be similar to like a Halloween, and they're going to have booths, and they need volunteers. So I encourage you to go to anastasiachurch.org slash stablefest, and look at what the list, there's a list there for you to check off. There might be something that you can do uh, to be a part of that, and just come along with our youth, you know, and just to get to know them, love on them, and be there to support them. So I encourage you to do that. For sure. I can't promise that there will be a donkey there, but hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> anyway, so um, one other thing. If you do need hurricane help, we are there. We have volunteers standing by. You can put that in same way, connect, put it in the same phone number, 904-441-6900, and someone will reach out to you. If it's a family or friend, we're here for you. That's what the body of Christ is all about, is helping one another. Amen. You guys have a blessed week. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Turn my microphone on here. I would like to introduce to you John Hamblin. John's going to be leading our congregational singing. He, many of you know that Pastor uh, David Elder, he's, he's dealing with treatments for bone marrow cancer. And, and through November and December, we have a duo, a dynamic duo that's going to be leading us. We have John Hamblin, who's going to be leading in our congregational singing. And we have John Flint. John, raise your hand there. He'll be leading the choir when the choir sings. So uh, give them a warm Anastasia welcome. Thank you for stepping in this time. We really needed someone to step in. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Pastor Walter. Well, let's begin with our hymn of the day. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of Creation.
if you join me in uh, our responsive reading for the day. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with joyful songs. Acknowledge that, that the Lord, Lord is God. He has made, and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. How countless are the works, O Lord, in wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, vast and wide, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. All the earth will worship you. They will sing praise to your name. Let's pray. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires are known, and to whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing, please, as we sing, Serve the Lord with us.
Well, good morning. I'm Bill Blaylock. I'm the church administrator and controller, and I'm here to try to keep you awake while talking about the 2023 budget. Before I do that, let's just let's thank our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ and the leadership of the Holy Spirit for guiding us through this process. I want to give you a little bit of background on how we got to this, this budget that we have. Um, you know, in August, we had a serious deficit that we were experiencing, about, about a $200,000 deficit, and we were coming into budget season, and we were like, oh my goodness, what's that going to do to next year's budget? And Pastor Walter sent out some emails and, and spoke from the pulpit, and the congregation responded tremendously, and at the end of the third quarter, the end of September, we actually ended up with a small surplus. So that's just amazing how God works and, and thankful to your, the, uh, the stewardship committee, the personnel committee, the budget committee, the staff, they all work diligently on this budget. Um, it's going to be a budget for 2023, you know, but what happens in 2022 affects what we do in 2023. Um, you know, the, um, this budget is a slight increase over 2022, but we are not expecting an increase in giving above what we asked for 2022. We are only increased by the amount of interest that we're going to receive on some funds we have out there. So it's not a, not a large increase in the budget, uh, but it's not the same budget. We had to work within the budget to make it actually come out to be the numbers that we needed. Um, you know, we have inflation that's really impacted everyone. It impacts us here at the church. We have operating costs that have gone up. You know, we have staff that, you know, have increased costs in their life, and we try to get a little bit for them. Um, we had to make some personnel adjustments, some ministry adjustments, but we did manage to get a budget that, that fell within the same number we're asking for in 2022 um, and get the staff a small 3%, most of the staff a small 3% cost of living increase. We are um, well into the process of clearing land, and, and they're going to be bringing dirt in here out, out here soon. And uh, we have buildings going to be going up, and the 4, 4G campaign is going well. We just crossed the $4.9 million in giving in 4G. And uh, in addition to that, you know, year to date, we've also given $406,000 to missions, and, and the congregation has donated $14,000 for hurricane relief. So next Sunday, November 20th at 4 p.m., there will be a congregation meeting, which we will vote on this budget. You should have a copy of this um, total budget in your, in your bulletin, but you can also get a detailed version of that if you go online to anastasiachurch.org budget, and there's a detailed version of that budget there. But, you know, we're not just going to meet and talk about the budget. We're actually going to meet to do business for next year. We have, we have deacons that we're going to nominate and vote on, and we have you know, committee positions that we're going to be filling. So it's a very important uh, business meeting that we're going to have next Sunday at 4 p.m. So if you just please turn out, worship with us, help us complete the business for 2022 and get a good start for 2023. We truly appreciate your financial aid and your spiritual support. And um, if you have any questions about the budget or anything else, or if you just want to come out there and get a rock and see if you can hit me, we'd be, I'll be in the atrium after this service. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for your, your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you for just allowing us to come and worship in this fine location, Father, with these, these many volunteers that make these things happen and the staff that work so diligently to bring, to bring about the work for your kingdom. Father, we just ask that as we give, 
that you would take this, the funds that are given and that we'd use them only for your kingdom. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service.
Thank you, Nancy. That was absolutely gorgeous and so meaningful. So meaningful. Um, we heard earlier about the congregation meeting and uh, about the budget, and Bill Blaylock was talking about if you wanted to throw a rock at him. Actually, this week we're providing rocks. <laughs> They're out in the atrium if you wanted to get one. Um, and here's what we're doing with these rocks. You know, those, those of you that are around here, you know that we're in the process of building a family ministry center. We've, we've cleared some land. We're getting ready to go, to, um, go to putting the footers in sometime in the next few weeks and months. And before we do, we want to bathe that in prayer. We're not trying to build a building. We're trying to follow the Lord in reaching families in this community for Jesus Christ. And for the foundation of this, we wanted to put in our thoughts and our prayers. And so I'd like you to consider praying what you would like to see, what petition you'd bring before the Lord as far as this family ministry building. And, and we're asking you to write those on a rock. It might be the name of somebody. It might be a prayer request. And then next week... We're going to bring them back here and lay them at the altar. And we'll collect them and we'll receive them. And when they get ready to pour the footing, we'll put them down below the footing. And that'll be sort of our cornerstone uh, for this building. I wrote Deuteronomy 6-7 on the rock that I got last week. And, and Deuteronomy 6-7, and, and that's a passage that talks about parents. You should train your children in the way of the Lord and the word of the Lord. And then I just wrote parents. Because I'm praying that this building will be a, a help for parents. We want parents, you know, parents, you know, there are many people, they say, this is our church home. We're glad Anastasia is our church home. And we come about twice a month. And, you know, that means that we have 24 hours in a year for us to train kids in the way of the Lord. It's not going to happen just at church. It has to happen in the home. We need to train parents. We need to train parents and help them to be disciple makers in their family. So I'm praying for parents that this will be a tool to help them. Uh, I picked up someone else's and I told this family that I did, but, but they wrote Holy Ground. And then they put, they put the family name on it in the names of their kids that they want to come to know to the Lord. That's what they put on one side. And on the other side, they said, Dear Jesus, hear our prayers. Heal our land. Bless you. So whatever you feel like the Lord is laying on you, I invite you to get a stone and don't throw it at our church administrator. I encourage you to write a prayer on it, a thought or something, and then we will place that at the foundation of this building and dedicate this building to the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we're reaching families. Amen? Amen. Amen. So looking forward to you taking those rocks and bringing them back next week. We'll have a time to bring them forward in the worship services. Um, it has been a tumultuous week. Someone asked me, how's your week going? Well, two funerals, a hurricane, and an election. All in one week. It was, you know, it's an, been a very intense week. But you know what? The Lord is in control. The Lord is in control. And we can feel his presence here in this place. Um, you know, it's November. And Christmas is coming. Now, I remember when I was a little kid. And I remember that, that you know looking forward to Christmas. And I would look anytime this time of year, November, all the way up to Christmas, I was ready for Christmas. Now, nowadays, when my kids or my wife ask me what I'd like for Christmas, what we do is I get on the phone, I get on Amazon and say, well, maybe something, I send them the link. And they can see what, you know what I'm talking about? You sort of send, people do that. Or at least our family does. Well, not when I was a kid. At our kid, they had this great big catalog delivered to our house from Sears. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Sears catalog? Yep. 
And, you know, and, and as little kids, we love that Sears catalog. And, and we would actually, you had to thumb through the first half of it because it had stupid stuff like girls' clothing and, and men's clothing and watches and stuff like that. But then you got to where the toys and the games were, and we would open that up. We would, we would, we would pour over that for hours and hours, it seemed like, you know, for weeks and weeks. And we'd finally just circle things and I would put my initials, because we have four kids in our family, and, and I had a Christmas or so where there's something I wanted that my older brother got instead. So, you know, <laughs> so I put my initial by what I wanted and, and circle it around and, um, and uh, pray. Uh, pray for the things would happen on Christmas that, that I wanted as a little kid. And, and then on Christmas Eve, uh, I couldn't wait for Christmas morning to come, and I would go to bed early. On Christmas, I'd go to bed early because I wanted to be able to get up early. But I'd go to bed early, but I could never get to sleep. Okay? I would just be lying awake trying to get to sleep. So I wanted to go to sleep so Christmas morning could come uh, so much earlier. And then finally, uh, I would share a bedroom with my older brother, and we'd wake each other up. He'd, he'd say, hey, Walter, Walter, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. So we'd get up, we'd go downstairs. We'd look at the, tree, the presents under the tree. But we weren't allowed to open anything. Until our parents told us we could. So we would wait and wait and wait and try not to wake anybody else up. We'd wait and wait and wait. And finally, maybe like 5.30 in the morning, we'd go to my parents and say, it's time to open. It's Christmas Day. Can we open the presents? And so, and we would go to the Christmas tree, all of us together. And, you know, um, I, I didn't realize that all families didn't do this because my wife's family, she, they are very polite on Christmas morning. But the Christmas presents under the tree in my family growing up was kind of like chum in the water. And we were the sharks, okay? And when they said, okay, you can open the presents, it was kind of like a gift-wrapping feeding frenzy that happened. And, you know, wrapping paper was going all over the day. We'd be very excited and we'd enjoy the newness of things. It was just a great, great time to just enjoy uh, enjoy those kinds of things. And, and we'd... Uh, play with the toys and play the games. And sometime, maybe two or three days later, some of the toys got broken and the newness wore off. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't wait till it's Christmas again. <laughs> I can't wait till it's Christmas. One more time, I loved all that excitement on Christmas. When is it going to be Christmas again? It's almost a whole year till Christmas is going to come. Well, in my mind, I wonder about the parallel to Christ coming on earth. You know, Jesus came to earth. He was the ultimate Christmas present. He came to earth and he was here, God himself with us. I wonder what it was like being a disciple and unwrapping, being in the presence, the very presence of God, the Son. I wonder what that was like. You know, uh, to, to see actually see firsthand the things that Jesus saw. To hear out of his mouth with my own ears, to hear out of the, the incredible words of revelation that would come out of his mouth. I wonder what that was like for the disciples. To, to intimately experience connecting with the heart of God himself in such a real way. I just wonder what that was like. Um, and then to see Jesus physically after the resurrection. You know, that he, he resurrected. Like he is there, right there in their presence. I wonder what that would have been like for a disciple. And then he ascended up into heaven, and, and so many people, they saw that personally. 
I wonder what that was like. That has to be like Christmas, you know. And then I wonder if they thought four or five days later, um, Jesus is gone. He said he's coming back, but he's not back yet. I wish Jesus were back here with us again. I wish it were Christmas all over again in Jesus' presence. I wonder if they were thinking that way, that they, you know, where, where's the, I wonder if they thought, I want to be in his presence again. I want to feel his power again. I want to hear the truths again. I want to see the miracles happen again. I wonder if they were thinking that way after Jesus ascended into heaven. Well, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's what we're going to talk about today. If, if you've been with us all fall, you know that during this season, we've been hitting the highlights of the Bible. We're trying to give you the story. Of, of this story of redemption that the Bible is talking about. It's a unified story. It's a unified account of God redeeming us and redeeming humanity. And I want you to understand that. And Jesus said, there's going to be a time when I'm not going to be with you, but my presence is still going to be with you in the Holy Spirit. And so we already talked about the resurrection and the, the crucifixion and resurrection. Um, but now here we are without Jesus here physically. Well, we have the presence of God in the Holy Spirit. That's God's plan. God's plan is that his, his spirit would be present and powerful among his people. Jesus said that. John chapter 16, the gospel of John chapter 16 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, this is the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you, the Holy Spirit. So after the crucifixion and the resurrection, seven weeks later, seven weeks after the Passover, 50 days, it was the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and the church was born. And that's what I want to talk about today. Very important very important a chapter in the life of our spiritual life, of, in the life of the church, in the life of our, our understanding of redemption. So would you please stand with me in honor of God's word as I read from Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And this is what it says. When the day of Pentecost, that day 50 days after the Passover, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed 
and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. That's 9 a.m. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bless the reading and the hearing of your word. Lord, help us to receive uh, not only all the truth that is here, but Lord, help us to receive your spirit, Lord. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is the day the Holy Spirit came to church. Acts chapter 2, the day the Holy Spirit came to earth, uh, you know, uh, came to church. God's presence was recognized. Miracles happened. Salvation in the name of Jesus Christ was declared. Truth was declared. And God was glorified. Do you ever wonder why we don't see that at church every Sunday? Do you ever wonder why we don't see the power of the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit comes to church every Sunday. The Holy Spirit has not left this earth, okay? He came to church. He's still with his church. But do you wonder why we don't see this every Sunday? Because, you know, the Holy Spirit is here. Truth is declared. Salvation is declared. Miracles happen. Jesus is glorified. But it seems to me when the presence of the Holy Spirit is here, Some people sense the presence of the Holy Spirit and some people don't. It's not that the Holy Spirit's not here. Some people just don't don't see. Now, Now, don't get me wrong. I have people who come here the first time over and over and over again. They come here to this church and they say, you know, I just recognize the Holy Spirit is at work here at Anastasia. And praise God, I sense that. I sense that. But for others, it's like, well, you know, I went to church and we sang some songs and it was too cold or it was too hot, and the sermon was too long, or it was too boring, and people can identify all kinds of things that happened at church except for the main thing, that the presence of God was in this place. The presence of God is in this place, Anastasia. When we gather together, and you know, we we don't want to skip recognizing the main thing, that the Holy Spirit is with His church and His gathering of believers, and the Holy Spirit is in every sincere believer's heart. Paul wrote this in Ephesians 1. He said, In Him, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus as your Lord, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. We are sealed. We are verified. We are justified. We are protected until heaven by the very presence of God himself. And so we have a guarantee of our inheritance in heaven. That's the Holy Spirit. So the first point, if you're using the sermon notes in the bulletin, is this. The Holy Spirit seals me with God's promised presence. He has promised his presence in your life. And he has sealed you with his presence. God is with us. Okay? When this body dies, I'm going to heaven. When this body dies, I know I'm going to heaven. You know how I know I'm going to heaven? 
Well, the Bible tells me I'm going to heaven. The Bible says that if I trust in Jesus, if I trust in his sacrifice for my sins, and if I serve him as Lord, that his forgiveness has me covered. His forgiveness has covered everything that I have. So, so I, I know that. But, but then how do I know that I know? I, I know the Bible says it, but how do I know that it really is real? How do I know that I know that I know that I'm going to heaven when this body dies? It's because I feel this sense of peace and assurance that I'm going to heaven when I die. And that's the seal of the Holy Spirit. I've received the seal in my life. And you have too. It's that seal working in my life. So when you and I believe in Jesus, you and I receive the seal. We receive that that sense of peace and assurance and confidence in Jesus for our salvation. So he does that. And, And not only does he give us that seal, that confidence, that guarantee, he also gives us the power to live in his power. Romans chapter eight, Paul wrote this. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. We're no longer in the flesh. We're no longer living in the flesh. We're living in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So if you are a Christian, if you're someone who has received the the promise, forgiveness in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, you have that, and you are no longer living in the flesh, you should be living in the spirit. So the Holy Spirit's in every believer. And the Holy Spirit gives every believer The power to live in the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is the fire in us. It's the fire in us. It's the fire in us and it's the fire with us. And it's the fire of of God in us as we're coming in and as we're going out. It's the flame of God with us. You know, think about this. We are candles, okay? We have the fire of the Holy Spirit. When we all go out, we should be sharing the spark, the joy, the light, the warmth, everything of Jesus. But then when we come back together and our fires are strong, you get all these candles together. It's like a, it's like a birthday party for someone who is 150 years old. This place ought to be lit up, right? Yeah, it should be lit up with the presence of God, the presence of the Spirit. You know, and, and not everybody's going to come in here and the flame is going to be strong. You know, this has been a tumultuous week. Some of you came in here and and you are struggling because of all the stuff that's been going on and your flame is weak. But you know what? As church, as we gather together, we help to warm up that flame. We help to reignite reignite the flame of those whose flames are weak. So, So we want that flame to be strong. And that Holy Spirit, he seals us with his presence and, and that's the strength that we have. Paul wrote something else. The Apostle Paul wrote something else when he wrote to the Ephesians. He said in Ephesians 5.18, And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Then he starts describing what that is. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So he said we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should have a song in our heart. We should have divine gratitude for everything. We should be respectful to each other. We should submit to each other because we're filled with the Spirit. That's what the Spirit does in our lives, okay? And he said we should be filled with the Spirit. And so the point I want to make is focus on who I receive, not just on what I receive. Sometimes we focus too much on what gifts am I going to receive? What fruit of the Spirit am I going to receive? And, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say, well, you need to make sure you're filled with this gift or that gift. 
It says be filled with the Spirit. We ought to be filled with the presence of the Lord. You know, there's so much more I wish I could share today. But for time's sake, I cannot. I, I don't know how much time I have left, but I know it's not as much time as I want. Um, but uh, there's spiritual fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, okay? They're the spiritual gifts, and the Bible talks about spiritual gifts in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, in 1 Peter chapter 4, in Ephesians chapter 4. And, uh, and I can't go into all that detail in one sermon. Uh, I, I do want to tell you this. There are some that say that they believe that some of the gifts uh, died out with the apostles. I would tell you that I believe that the Holy Spirit gives all the gifts as we see them in the New Testament. I, I, I don't see... I don't see that in the Bible where some gifts died out or the Holy Spirit is working differently. I can't find that in my Bible. So, so I'll, I'll tell you that much. Uh, and I can tell you, I've seen amazing things happen that can only be attributed to the Spirit of God. But let me say this. I focus on who I receive. I focus on receiving the Holy Spirit's presence, the presence of God in my heart. God's presence and influence in my life, not just on what I receive. My heart's attention is, is on letting the very presence of God have absolute control over every, every minuscule part of my thoughts and my actions. And then I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. He'll give the gifts that we need, okay? He'll, he'll grow the fruit as they are needed. So focus on who you receive, not on what you receive. Now there's something else I want to share with you. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and the Apostle Paul's writing to the Corinthians. The Apostle Paul wrote about the Holy Spirit a lot because it's so important in the life of church. And Paul was writing to the church without the presence of Christ there physically. He wrote so importantly about the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he said this, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality, uh, each, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Why do we at church, from time to time, talk about sexual morality and immorality? It's not because we're obsessed about this. It's because our spirit and our body are not disconnected. Our spirit and our body are, are connected very closely. And what happens in our body affects our spirit. You know, uh, while, my, while my spirit is in my body and God's spirit is in my spirit, everything is all connected there together. And so what happens in my body, it's affects, it affects my spiritual life. It affects my spirit. So my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you see, it's all connected together. They're not detached. And when I sin, when I sin, what's happening is I'm disconnecting from the power of God. There are a lot of people this past week, they experienced their power going out because of the storm. Well, there are a lot of people, I believe, in church, a lot of Christians, who they have the Holy Spirit, but they've disconnected Holy Spirit power from the temple because they're, they're living lives of habitual and willing, willful sin. So I just want to say to you, don't disconnect Holy Spirit power from his temple. Don't disconnect that power. Why doesn't the church, why doesn't the church show Holy Spirit power like it seems to be in the New Testament? Why do we experience his power? I think that in our affluent society and in our freedom, too many believers are choosing to experience other things rather than the presence of God in their lives. 
They'd like to have this experience or that experience or buy this thing or that thing. And that's more important than Holy Spirit power. And the context of this is sexual morality and immorality, but it could be a number of things. Any time we seek other than the kingdom of God, whether we're seeking wealth rather than the Holy Spirit, whether we're seeking political victories rather than the Holy Spirit. If that becomes the be-all, and, and don't get me wrong, I think that if you're a Christian, you ought to be voting. I think if you're a Christian, you ought to, ought to exercise that not only right, your responsibility, but if politics is your end-all, be-all, and that's what you live for, then I think you're disconnecting your, your, uh, your life from the power of the Holy Spirit. We should be, speak, we should be seeking the Holy Spirit. So uh, don't, because these other things, they can eat up our attention and disconnect us from Holy Spirit power. So don't disconnect the power, Holy Spirit power, from the temple, okay? That means live lives of holiness, live lives uh, according to what the Spirit would call us to do. Let's move on, Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians 4, Paul said this, said this, he said, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, you have the Holy Spirit. You have that assurance. He sealed you. You're guaranteed. But still, we can grieve him. We can make him sad. And you know what makes the Holy Spirit sad? When we point people away from Jesus, when we, we push people away from Jesus, rather than pointing them to Jesus. And that happens. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, when our words and actions push people away rather than pointing them to the one true Lord. You know, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus. So the next point is this. I want to dedicate my heart and my actions and my words for leading people to Jesus. That's what, that's what my heart, my actions, and my words are for. That's what my feelings, my actions, and my words are for. It's for leading people to Jesus. And the context of this passage are sins of the mouth and sins of the heart. It says, you know, when you, when you get angry with each other, you're grieving the Holy Spirit because what you're doing is you're pushing people away from, from God. You're pushing people out of fellowship of the church. When you, when you talk about someone and you give false witness about each other, then you're pushing people away from salvation. You're pushing them away from Jesus because they're, they're moving out of fellowship with his church. Don't let anger wreck your witness. Don't let your mouth wreck your witness. That's what he's saying. That's what grieves the Holy Spirit. So don't let your words take away from the fact that your main purpose on life, everybody here, you have a main purpose in life if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. And that is to help people know that Jesus is the way. So don't grieve the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. And here's another thing. Don't quench the Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul said, do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Quench means to suppress the fire. Don't suppress the fire. If someone is using the gifts of the Spirit the, uh, according to the Word of God, don't suppress the fire. In the power of the Holy Spirit, fully follow His leading. That's the next point. In the power of the Holy Spirit, fully follow His leading. Because if you're only following halfway, you're quenching the Spirit. Okay? If God's gifted you, use all those gifts for his glory. Okay? According to the scripture. If God is leading you to reach out, go across the street to a neighbor, go uh, down the road to a neighbor to step out in, in leadership, whatever it is, fully follow his leading. Don't follow God halfway because when you follow God halfway, we're quenching the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. You know, some of the greatest tragedies in the Bible are those people who only did most of what God told them to do. 
And people like King Saul did most of what God told them to do. Judas did most of what Jesus told him to do. He actually did the last thing Jesus told him to do. He said, do what you do and do quickly. He did most of it. Don't be one of those tragedies where you do most of what God tells you to do. Do everything God calls you to do. And the last point I want to make is this. In the revelation of the Holy Spirit, be fully blessed. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. That's why his presence is here. It's not to give you guilt. It's to bring blessing into your life. And he, he wants you to have Christmas all over again. He wants you to have that feeling of the presence of Jesus in, his, in your lives. Okay, And that's why the Holy Spirit comes to give us the presence of God in our lives again. While Jesus isn't physically here. I love this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Can you just imagine what God wants for you? Not only in heaven, but right now. No eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of God, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared. Because these things are not discerned in the flesh, they're discerned in the spirit. These things God has revealed to us, verse 10, through the spirit, for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Lord has something special for you, Anastasia. The Lord has something special for you, brother and sister in Christ. He wants you to be able to experience a spiritual Christmas. If you feel like the presence of God is God, he wants you to have his presence fully in his life. He wants, he wants, when you come to church and when you live your life out there, he wants you to recognize his presence again. Are you ready to recognize his presence again? You know, he, he wants us to feel his power again. You're ready to feel his power? He wants you to hear his revelation again. He wants you to see miracles happen again. And that can happen in you and in all of us if we're ready for his power. If you'll let the spirit come to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, we're blessed with living in an affluent society, in a very free society. But Lord, also we are cursed by living in an affluent society, in a free society. And Lord Jesus, I pray that as you give us freedoms on earth, Lord, we would surrender to you as Lord and Savior, Master, King, Lord, that we'd experience all the beauty of the blessings of living in your presence as your children, as your sons and daughters. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that, that does not know what it means to trust in you, Lord, I pray that someone right now here is, is understanding that, that you died so that our sins could be forgiven. You rose again to prove, Lord, that, that your power is real, Lord. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would give someone that nudge that they would understand that, that trusting in you is the way to, to have a new start in life. Trusting in you is the way to have a new beginning. And Lord, that you forgive everything. And Lord, I pray if there's someone that has not yet committed to you as Lord, I pray, Lord, that that's happening right now, this moment, so that they would, they would receive the full blessings of your Holy Spirit and that peace and that expectancy of looking forward to the future. And Lord, I pray if there's any way that we quench the spirit or grieve the spirit, Lord, I pray that you would help us as humans, as believers, Lord, that are imperfect, Lord, help us to understand the waywardness that we express. And Lord, help us 
to align our hearts and our minds and our actions to your purposes. And Lord, in anything that good happens, to you be the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. We're coming to a time of response. I invite you to stand with me right now. If God is, tell, is telling you to do anything, whether it's to come forth for membership or baptism or you want to know what it means to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord, or you just want to come up to the front and pray, you're welcome to do that as we stand and as we sing. You come. Breathe on me, breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love what Thou hast loved, and do what Thou wouldst do. as we depart receive your blessing from God's word the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all your challenge trust in the maker of all creation honor God and with an enormous faith and extend yourself in love for no one lives beyond the Holy Spirit's reach and all God's people who pledged to do so said, <laughs>